I'm Jane Hilsen, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Do you have an e-commerce website or are you thinking of building one? Maybe you are considering, considering, I should say, transitioning from offline to online. Today, we speak with ADMA award-winning digital marketer, Megan Winter from Unstoppable E-Commerce. Megan's superpower is creating awesome e-commerce websites, and she's passionate about helping purpose-driven, product-based businesses create wildly successful online stores. Megan shares some of her top tips for transitioning your offline store to an online store. She tells us that what you need she tells us what you need to do to create a wow-worthy website and she also reveals which metrics and measurements that small businesses should be monitoring regularly to ensure their e-commerce site is performing. So let's kick off. Hi Megan and welcome to the How to Do Marketing show. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Now, Megan, you introduce yourself on your website as using your e-commerce superpowers for good to help ethically produced, heart-centered, soul-driven online stores to make some more income and achieve more impact. What drives you to work in this space? Well, so looking at, you know, where I've worked in the past, I've been a global e-commerce marketing consultant and having worked in that space, that's allowed me to travel the world and work with some really large teams as well as some really amazing startups and kind of everything in between. And what I found in that space was no matter the size of the business, they were all struggling with the same thing but often their budgets were different. So mm. I fundamentally believe at my core that the world doesn't need more mass-produced, single-use crap, really. Yes. Uh, and so I, be- I really do believe that we need more ethical, considered, conscious choices as like consumers need that. So what drives me is to really help the brands who are doing that to get exposure and to be seen and to really just compete on a level playing field as those big brands with the big budgets. Yeah, absolutely. And I um, agree with that sentiment 100%. So is it to the case, and I love it when there's a purpose-driven business and I think anyone, it's really really easy to understand um, what would drive you to work in that space. So is it to the point, like if someone, like how do you actually assess whether somebody is a you know ethically produced soul driven online store do you have like do you kind of have a bit of a an onboarding or a diagnostic or something that you go through to actually make sure that these these organizations are kind of in line with your values there yeah so when we're looking to actually work with customers or with clients uh to 
help them with their management of their ads. So we actually have an agency and a coaching side of our business. So when we're working with the agency side, we're really picky. We will make sure that people really align with our values and that we're selling something through them essentially that we really believe in. And then when people are signing up to learn from us, we say, this is not for you. If uh-huh. And we almost, we, we qualify people out yeah. rather than so much qualifying them in yeah. and we'll learn really quickly if they're saying like, I just want to start up my business to make a million dollars and sit on the beach and sip cocktails. We're like, mm, probably not the right fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Oh, that's that's good. And so you obviously, like through the, the I guess, in marketing and the words that you use on your website, you're, you're letting people know who you're for and who you're not for. So the people who are picking up the phone are generally, you know, the right type of client. Yeah, which is awesome. So in yeah. your opinion, are e-commerce websites something that work really well for businesses that actually sell a tangible product, a unit, or can they be just as effective for selling a service or something that's intangible as well? I mean, at the end of the day, a website really is at its simplest a digital activation of your offering. And they're designed to get people to experience your offering. And so when you're selling a physical, tangible product, the I guess the conversion of that website happens when the website's done its job and mm. you've purchased that product and then the product is then sent out to the customer. When it's a service-based business, for example, the, the end of that um, transaction or the conversion could happen when somebody picks up the phone or when you know a call is booked or whatever the desired outcome is so when we're talking e-commerce it's just electronic commerce really and um a website just needs to replicate what you're doing offline anyway so it can be it can be a website can be a simple brochure or take the customers right through the journey and they're not even talking to a real person at all Yeah, yeah. And do you think, like, when it comes to consumers purchasing, do you actually think that that people are more comfortable, in your experience, do you think it's it's easier for for people to get their head around, like, a, a transaction if it is, like, a tangible thing that gets posted to them in the mail? Or do you think if the website is doing its job properly, if the copy is right, if the trust has been built that it's just as easy to sell a service as it is as a as a product or do you think it probably is a bit easier to to sell like a tangible thing i think it comes down to the value and how the value is communicated really Mm. Uh, Mm. we sell so our program is like close to two thousand dollars and we sell that online people Mm. don't need to talk to us to buy our product or our service so if we're looking to work with a customer, we will pick up the phone more so to just qualify them. Yeah. Um, but it's it's more about what you get. So when a, an e-commerce website, um, when a customer is purchasing through an e-commerce website, they're physically getting a product being sent to them. But if they're if you're meeting their need with the service you offer, then that's still an easy transaction if you're communicating the value through the website in yeah. a way that they can then make that purchase yeah 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 100 percent 
Okay, so the COVID pandemic has, of course, caused a lot of disruption to many businesses. And as a result of the social distancing restrictions and changing lifestyle and work habits, etc., there are many businesses that are diversifying their distribution and starting to sell online. Now, imagine that this is quite a hefty process for some small businesses to navigate. Can you share some advice around the best way small businesses can do this? The first thing really is to choose a platform that works for you. So we recommend Shopify usually, not the nine times out of 10, because it is user-friendly and it'll integrate nicely and it'll scale with you as you grow. And the second thing, or the most, I would say the second most important thing is to replicate your offline experience online. Mm. So if you've had a bricks and mortar store before, people can walk through the door and they use all of their senses to really get a gauge on, you know, what your store is like and what your products are like and they can pick them up and try them and touch them and smell them and taste them and whatever else. But when people are shopping online, you really just have what you give them through the computer screen. So it's so important to replicate as much as that offline experience through the computer screen so providing amazing images like images are one of the most important things because you know we translate images 60,000 times faster than the written word and um, headlines and descriptions and all of the elements but really all you're trying to do is just replicate that amazing experience that people have offline and bring it online. Mm, mm, Yeah that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned the Shopify platform. Is the Shopify platform something um, uh, that can be used for both products and services? Like do service providers use Shopify as well or is there a better platform if if people are selling services online? It's a really good question actually because for our own business, so we are more a service-based business that help product-based entrepreneurs sell on their store. So for our own e-commerce stores and for our uh, students and clients, we recommend that they use Shopify because it's more of an e-commerce platform. But then for ourselves, we use WordPress. Right. Yes. I'm a big WordPress fan as, as well and have used that for, for years. And um, in fact, our listeners would have just heard an episode that we did with a WordPress developer, I think just last week. So um, you can always navigate back to that um, episode if you want to find out a little bit more about what WordPress sites are um, capable of. What about things like the functionality or the components? Like, so say, for example, and and I know only from having seen Shopify that Shopify pretty much thinks about all of that for you because it's a specific platform that's designed to sell online. It kind of anticipates all the functionalities and components that you'll need and it's almost like just fill in the blanks. It's like a click click and replace kind of, you know, stick your product here, stick the price here, stick the copy here, choose this template and it's and it's all ready to go but are there particular like particularly if somebody hasn't been online before I mean you mentioned that that make sure you create that kind of same experience but are there things like like I know sometimes when you go to a website they'll have little um, pop-up messages you know of of chatbots and things which you know, jury's out as to whether customers actually find that they're helpful or not. I get how they might be a bit helpful for the company. 
because they can have these little chat bots pop up and, and save conversations only if people are using them. But just things like that, are there any kind of little um, tips that you'd have around any functionalities that, that they might want to think about, like the chat box? And do you have any opinions on the, uh, on the chat bots? Well, it's really interesting that you mentioned that, actually. One of the things that we do in our group is free website audits. So people mm. can give us their website and we'll go through really quickly a few fundamental things. And it's amazing how many websites have pop-ups and you know fill in the blank like you know put your email address here to get a coupon code to buy and all of those things are just distractions taking me away from the thing that I'm there to do which is buy Mm. from your website and especially if you're entering in your email address to then receive a coupon code and the thank you message pops up and says thanks go check your inbox So you're sending me away from your website to my inbox, which is flooded with other marketing messages. And you're basically going, telling me to go away from your website. It's just like an absolute no brainer to, to not do. Uh, So yeah, I think the biggest thing is just stop trying to be so clever is what we say to people. Simple. There's such a beautiful simplicity uh, in just keeping things, like a standard and simple layout so that your products can shine because people are there to buy the products. They're not there to buy the website and see how, you know, how amazingly tech savvy you are. They're there to buy your products. So just let them buy your products. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's the, that's the business owner themselves having an idea around keeping really focused on the objective. Exactly. Like you said, if people are there to, to buy products get them to buy products. And, and once they've bought the product, maybe that's when you can start to in, invite them to sign up to your email newsletter, et cetera, uh, once you've actually got them purchasing in the first place. Because particularly if you've spent money kind of acquiring them, spent money on digital advertising to get them there, you'd rather them walk walk away having spent money with you rather than simply just added their email. Uh, but we, we definitely want that too. But maybe that's not the first thing we get. So, um, yeah, apart- not on the first three seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that could turn people off too. So apart from, from that, apart from becoming too clever um, and not thinking through and being focused on your core objective, are there any other mistakes and pitfalls that can be avoided, particularly in the transition of moving offline to, to online? I think, again, it's just trying to be too much so too Mm. clever too trying to be everything to everyone if you can keep it really simple and elegant and just tell me what it is that you actually sell so you know you have a couple of seconds for your website to do its job which is to tell me what you actually sell and so if you can if you're trying to have a an image and a you know a brand statement that is just I have to try and decipher what it is that you actually sell I'm going to leave because I'm confused and confusion is the enemy when it comes to online selling so I think just yeah just being sometimes being really simple is easy but that's the best and sometimes being really simple is actually quite hard but it Mm -hmm. is the best way to just tell me what it is that you sell and tell me why I should buy from you rather than the ocean of choices out there. Yeah, yeah. So avoiding ambiguity, you know, avoiding that image that's way too abstract 
or, you know, I guess avoiding the, the temptation to use, you know, clever words or prose or something in your tagline that people might go, what? I don't, I don't understand what they're talking about. And I'm- amazing example of this is one of our students literally just this morning said I'm trying to work out what my headline is should it be something like soft comfortable and I don't know what the other word was cute or something and I'm like if you read that what would would I be able to tell you what you sold and they're like oh no we sell shoes I'm like well then put that in your headline yeah we sell the comfiest shoes ever or whatever it is but you just need to tell people what it is that you actually sell Yes, before before anything, yeah. Because if, as soon as you wrote, as, as soon as you said the word soft and comfortable, I immediately thought of a dressing gown or a, you know, something like pajamas or something like that. Yeah. So pe- people have different interpretations of what we say, and I think that's something that small business owners can be really guilty of. I think we all can. Is when we work within our businesses every day, we assume that everybody else knows what we're talking about. So when we start writing, you know, about what we sell or what about what we do we just don't think that you know there are going to be people that see this that have never ever heard of you seen you know what you do know why you're different so you need to make sure that you're writing for for them yeah that's a really good point so then in your opinion what are the characteristics of a truly wow worthy e-commerce site so what do small businesses need to to do to ensure that when a potential customer lands on their site, they're like reaching for the wallet. (laughs) There are so many elements and we could literally have like a five hour conversation on this. (laughs) Nice. There's, you know, there's some on-site things that you need to be really, you know, um, simple and clear and tell me what it is that you're selling and why I should buy from you on your site. And then there's Mm -hmm. some things back of, you know, in the background that it needs to be fast loading and mobile friendly. and But there's literally so many elements that yeah. a website needs to have. And it can be actually very overwhelming to know where to start. So I've actually developed uh, a test when I was working uh, as a global marketing consultant. And I used to work in, in large teams. So large e-commerce brands, sorry, have so many moving parts. So what I would do is come in and regularly just do this one test as a really quick and simple and powerful way of seeing if we were on track or if we were completely off because there's so many different, I mean, sometimes when you own your own business you're wearing all the hats Yeah. uh, and like you say it can be really hard to, to, you can't, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. Yes. Sometimes you, you can't see what you're missing. Um, so it's called the three-second test. And it's a really, really quick and powerful way of seeing if your website's doing its job or if you still have work to do on it. And so basically all it is is you show your website to somebody who does not know what you sell mm. for three seconds, for three seconds only, and then pull it away and ask them, what do you think I sell? Who do you think I sell it to? And why, you know, why do you think I'm better than the other oh, options out there? I like it. Wow. And if you, if people will tell you, and it's amazing how many people will say, like the example before, you might say they sell a dressing gown. I might say that particular one sells I don't know, soap, someone, and, you know, the photos and the images and the headlines that people use can lead us down so many different paths. So if people can't get the answer right, 
then you don't have that wow worthy site where people are reaching for their wallet you still have work to do yeah yeah and I guess the people that you choose to show it to like you'd almost want to make sure that they don't have too much context with you as well because if they know say for example if I was to go and do it if they know that I already know that I do marketing they're going to be looking for the sign of signs of doing marketing so it's it's probably best just to go up to to some strangers and not in the street I mean you can but maybe at your next networking event or you know if you're part of a business group or whatever where you haven't really kind of met the people there um that that's such a good idea and it's quick Mm -hmm. and it's simple you know no one has to that's not hard hard to do it might be it might return some confronting results. Like if people are, if people are saying, you know, I have no idea what you do, or um, you know, I think you do this. I think part of the 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 advice I always give to people is if they're going out to seek that kind of feedback, that they've got to be prepared to act on what they hear. So don't just listen to the stuff that you want to hear. Don't, you know, don't make it too, don't put things in the too hard basket if people give you the answers you don't want to hear um, because I think that would be so, so valuable. Um, and the answers that you hear, if they're completely off track to what you do, so that's amazing because those people, you haven't paid for them to get to your site, like you haven't yes. paid advertising dollars. You're, they're not potential customers, although they might be, mm. but that you know, you're not, getting those weird confused answers from people who are actually wanting to spend their money with you you're getting them just from a bunch of randoms and yet don't do it with your mom don't do it with your partner yeah um but and yeah it's amazing to get that and if you're getting people to give you the clearest answer possible and you're not making any money still like your your website's not doing its job well then you can start to dig deeper and and see what's going on and yeah 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 Yeah. and to be honest you know it even thinking about it it even makes sense that like when your website when you're get when you're getting your website developed it's almost like you should take the draft of that website to people at that stage to go you know is this and or if your website's getting redeveloped um, and then even for those people who've, who thought, actually, my website's fine, take your, your existing website, but be prepared that you might actually have to, to change it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So if someone has to go, so, so, so if someone has got to the point that they've developed the Wow Worthy website, they're all set up, ready to go, how do you recommend that they get potential customers to find that website? So, I mean, the, the really uh, quick and easy answer is to make sure that you're in the places that your customers are looking. Yes. So there's organic, there's paid, there's, ref- you know, you, you, if you've got already got purchases, getting their friends to know about you. But really, if we look at, I guess, putting them into simple buckets, we look at organic social. Uh, so if you're, again, you know, you would know this and, and your listeners would know this, by listening to you, um, like you, you have to find out where your customers are. But organic social for e-commerce specifically, we always say start with Facebook, Instagram, and then Pinterest, and then start exploring some of the other ones if you have time. Otherwise, it's just you're spreading yourself way too thin. Mm-hmm. And then when you're ready to start a a paid strategy we always recommend again that you just start with one channel nail that and then move on to the next channel and so at the moment what we're finding is facebook and instagram ads are really just getting that highest return on investment Mm. and then you know once you've kind of got 
got that running smoothly, then you can add in things like Google ads and, you know, all the other types of page. Um, mm, and, mm. and asking your existing customers to, like you say, jump on your email list, but asking them to tell their friends. And um, that's a, such an amazing way. Like a referral is always so much better than any type of marketing that the brand yeah. can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, referrals are kind of left um, to their own devices more than they should be. You know, I think people just assume that because they think they're doing a good job and their customers are satisfied and they're not, you know, people aren't yelling at them, that that word of mouth will happen organically. Um, and in some cases it will, but I feel like it, it really is the business's responsibility to fuel that word of mouth because, and just remind people. So even if it's just like a thank you, you know, they purchase something online and the thank you email that, that gets shot off to them is thanks, you know, thanks so much. We'd love you to tell our friends, your friends about us, you know, here's a reason why you should do that and whatever incentive you choose to give or, or whether you want to tell a funny story or, or whatever. Um, but don't be afraid to ask for those word of mouth referrals because people don't necessarily think of them. You know, when you put yourself in the customer's shoes, people are thinking of themselves. They've gone to your website, they've purchased the dress and they're high-fiving themselves. They're not necessarily thinking, oh, and how about I do this business a favour by going and emailing all my friends and, and family? You make yeah. that easy for them. I absolutely agree. Like nobody thinks about your business as much as you do. Like yeah. once they've finished that transaction, they're not thinking about you. You're still thinking about you, but they're on to the next million things that they have to do. So just a little yeah. reminder is such a good way of, of just keeping that momentum going. Yeah, yeah. And look, they they don't owe you anything as a, as a business. You know, you've delivered on their transaction. Um, and even if you, you know, if you've, if you've delivered an exceptional experience and you've, you know, given them some surprise and delight factor and all the rest, then maybe they might organically speak about you. But often that is not the case. You've simply delivered what the next business does. So, um, yeah, that's a really good, good point. So Christmas is approaching hard to believe. Are there any strategies or approaches that small business owners need to think about to prepare their online store and marketing campaigns for this season? I know. I feel like we were just wrapping up Christmas shopping like two seconds ago. Yes. <laughs> it's come around so quickly. The biggest thing is just really be prepared for quarter four. Quarter four is the last three months of the year and it really is any retails especially, so um, bricks and mortar as well as online and um, it certainly is for us as well. People as a service-based business, people are starting to think about what they're going to do towards the end of the year but also what they're going to do next year as well. Mm. So it's people have their, have their wallets out now. It, they're ready to spend and in the last three quarters, we always see a big peak, a big spike with retail and, and e-com. So there's Black Friday, there's Cyber Monday, oh, there's sure. Green Monday, there's Christmas, there's Boxing Day, all of these things. It's really important just to be prepared so that you're not doing a last minute sort of, you're not throwing something in there. So I would say be, be prepared now. And it's also really important to not be afraid to zig when others are zagging. So mm -hmm. just because everybody else is doing a Black Friday sale or whatever, you don't have to do that. You just mm. do what's right for your business and your mm. customers 
be prepared now so that you can think about what will work for your business mm. and then and then your brain will also have that subconscious time to come up with the amazing ideas if you leave it to the last minute you know you won't have that time so that's the mm. biggest thing Mm. And you mentioned Black Friday, which is something that's really only just been introduced into Australia. I think it's probably been internationally, there's probably been Black Friday for, for a lot longer. Um, it is quite close to Christmas. And, and I know I've spoken to a few people in retail who have said that it's quite fundamentally changed the landscape of how people purchase in that quarter four period. Have you noticed, like, when, when did Black Friday become a thing? Was it kind of two or three years ago or, or has it I been around blame, for longer than that? Oh, it's been around for a long time, but I, I blame marketers for it. Like <laughs> marketers will pot, like, we will literally, like, create a reason to market at anything. So yeah. the day before Black Friday traditionally is it's, it started in the States and the day before Black Friday is Thanksgiving. So that's kind of traditionally when people will start thinking about Christmas shopping. So then um, it was Black Friday was created to come off the back of that. And it really just kicks off the Christmas like festive season. So we've got uh, Black Friday and then which is the last, oh, I always have to look up the date, but it's the last Friday of November basically. Right. And then you've got the two days in between, which is the, the cyber weekend and then you've got mm. cyber monday which is the following monday and all it is is really it, it is just it marks the kind of start of when retailers are getting customers christmas dollar essentially yeah. Yeah. and um and yeah it's i mean australia we were doing some some training around black friday last year and australia was like fourth fourth so four uh fourth largest um purchaser of of black friday events what? on the shopify merchant platform yeah in the wow. world so wow. we definitely are and i think because aussies as well we're used to shopping internationally so we know what other brands are doing so if they're doing yeah. a black friday sale we're kind of looking to our aussie brands to go well what are you doing yes yeah yeah and do you think it's better to kind of be in the spirit with everybody and leverage that time? Because I know like last Black Friday, it was probably the one that I was most engaged with, but I was like, um, I was kind of looking out for stuff. So I was like, oh, good. All the brands that I usually shop with, I wonder if they're doing it. So do you think there is some power to leverage that time? Because, of course, the, the, the other way of looking at it is, you know, for someone like myself who doesn't mind a bit of online purchasing, my inbox that week and the week leading up to it is freaking flooded. You know, at some point it's just going to be too much. What What's your experience? Do you think Do you think it's quite a good thing to leverage? Well, look, on one hand, you, you are literally leveraging an event that's already happening. So people already know what Black Friday is. You're not having to educate the market. You can just kind of jump on the coattails of something that's already happening. Mm. On the other hand, there's so much noise around yeah. it. It's so hard to cut through and you have to kind of go on sale for like 30 or more percent to even be a drop in the, yes. you know, to even be looked at. So we actually, we've, we're starting to plan or finishing the planning phase now with our managed clients of what they're going to be doing for Black Friday. Some of We've suggested to some of them not to go on sale at all because 
one, you know, it's going to look different this year anyway, especially yeah. with the whole, you know, uh, products coming from the menu, you know, if they're being manufactured offshore, the, the time to get here is a lot different. A lot of brands are on pre-sale at the moment anyway. Like it's not yeah. like they need to try and sell more and you don't want to train your customers to just always be on sale so some of them we're saying don't go on sale at all others we're saying look if you've got some winter stock that you want to get rid of maybe go on sale for that and and leverage the black friday or leverage Mm. the kind of time of year that it is to go on sale there um and yeah it's really the fundamentally important thing is to look at what your business is doing what you need to have happen in your business. So if you need to move stock or if you need, you know, whatever it is you need to do, make those events work for you rather than trying to fit into those events. That's that's mm. what we, you know, across the board always look at is how's it going to work for the business, not the other way around. And do you think because we've had so many of those Black Fridays and Cyber Mondays and all of that stuff leading up to Christmas, and, like, it actually seems like there's so many brands that actually just seem to be consistently on sale. Like, I remember, like, 20 years ago or, or maybe even um, not that long ago, maybe 10 to 20 years ago, where it was really just the Boxing Day sales. Like, you'd have the end of financial year sales and then you'd have the Boxing Day sales. And they were great sales, you know, like they were, you'd get good stuff. It was good products. There was significant reductions. Um, I feel like now that it's just when you go, you know, people are going on sale for the sake of going on sale and it's all the rubbish. It's the shit, you know, it's, it's, it's the stuff that nobody actually wants, but it's like they've gone, well, we have to go on sale. So let's bring out all that stock that we couldn't sell two years ago just to get people in the store. We'll have one rack of sale stuff so that we can tick that obligation off but the rest of the store was full price. Like, have you have, have your kind of customers um, expressed any opinions a- around that? Look, I think it is. It has been a bit of a disservice that we, as a collective, marketers have done for ourselves. Because, like, when you when you do start to do things differently, so if people are going on sale on Boxing Day, then go on sale at the end of financial year. And so then you're zigging when everyone else is zagging. Mm. Then everybody else starts to do that. So then you need to do something else and then you need to do something else. And then all of a sudden, you know, what's the point of difference anymore? So some of our best, so when we're looking at, you know, what our clients who are consistently getting amazing results, like when we publish our, Uh, case studies to our peers often they don't even believe the return on investment that we're getting like 30 times ROAS which is return on ad spend uh, across the board they never go on sale yes never and so we just always say don't devalue your brand you don't need to go on sale you can do things like um, you know free gift with purchase or you can have some things on sale if you need to, you know, get rid of stock. But like you said, people kind of, you know, they know that's coming. So Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think that's excellent advice. And it's certainly advice that we give to to our clients as well um, in that space. Just it, look, sales and going on sale and, and having consistent promotions it's um it's generally a race to the bottom and you certainly don't want to be the winner of that race Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> so not true. a race that you want to to win and i know that there's 
some fashion brands that I used to, to well, I still shop with quite regularly. And for me, I'm in the psyche now that um, I, I never feel like I want to purchase anything at full price because I know that there's always an opportunity to purchase from them on sale. And even though as a marketer, I, would, I go, I'm sure they just price that into their model. Like I'm sure they've just priced everything at their on-sale price. And then, you know, if you're a fool and you buy it outside of the on-sale period, you know, then they get extra cream on, on top. But for me, I, I, I feel like um, I don't have that same kind of um, post-purchase excitement if I've purchased something on sale. So if I see something, I think, well, I'll just, I'll just wait for that to go on sale. You know, why would I buy it now? I'll wait for it to go on sale. So, yeah, it's certainly a very, very dangerous and slippery, slippery slide. So what about with measurement? When it comes to measuring the effectiveness of an e-commerce website, I imagine there's lots of metrics that you can look at. But in the interest of, of keeping it simple and looking for the kind of the key metrics that, that can um, tell you if, if it is effective, what, what do you look for? You are so correct in the fact that you could literally spend all day tracking and measuring everything. Like there's so many things that you can track and measure and just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. So at the end of the day, you really need to work out like are you making a profit or is this a hobby that might be fun or might actually not be that fun. So that's the number one thing is to work out if you're if you're making a profit. And then there's really only three ways that we look at to sell more on your online store. So the first thing is to increase your conversion rate, like increase the amount of sales that you are making from people that are coming to your website already. The second thing is to increase your average order value. So increase the amount that they're spending with you. And then the third thing is to get more people to your website. So increase traffic. So we really just want to track and measure kind of no more than 10 metrics consistently so that you have a really simple scorecard dashboard to glance mm. at and mm. see if your business is on the right track or not. And if you're off track, then you can dig deeper and see where the problem is. So yeah. we really just look at conversion rate, cost per acquisition, abandoned cart rate, repeat customer rate, and then you work out what is important for you. So you yeah. don't want to, if you can measure five to 10 things yeah. and just look at them consistently and know if something's up and something's down, yeah. uh, then you can get a really good gauge of being on the right track or not. It's kind of like the three-second test. You can just instantly see this is working or this is not, and then you can dig deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I like those those metrics too. Um Okay, so let's find out a little bit about your business, Unstoppable E-Commerce, and how do you actually help small businesses drive these um, online sales consistently and how do you help them achieve some of those, those measurements that you've just spoken about, conversion, more customers, um, you know, increased amounts of sales from, from customers, etc.? So we run a boutique Facebook ads agency and we like very um, intentionally only work with a small number of clients in the agency. So at the moment, we've fully booked up for a couple of months in advance. Um, we've got a wait list for people to work with us on that side. And the reason for that is one, we always want to make sure that our customers are getting the personal touch from us. 
And we don't want to spend our time managing a team. We want to spend our time managing our clients' success, really. Um, and we, what we found was that by doing that and by working with clients, there was a lot of other brands, which is kind of loops back to the original kind of intention as to why I do what I do, is that there's a lot of businesses who don't have the budget to work with us uh, or to work with any good uh, e-commerce marketer, I guess. So we have designed and developed an online program so that small and emerging uh, and businesses who want to scale can learn how to sell more on their online store themselves and that's mm. called Ecom Igniter. And so they learn how to do it through all of our pre-recorded training but then mm. we also have a lot of hands-on support which is the most right. important thing that like people need to be able to ask questions and to get that, you know, to, to come to us with questions about specific things that they've seen. And, and that's, that's been our magic. Um, I guess it like our, our sweet spot is to, to do for the agency and then teach and then kind of, they have this beautiful, I guess, relationship where we're learning and teaching and, you know, have our hands, in the trenches as well as you know teaching at you know literally day to day so yeah yeah because yeah. this this stuff changes literally day to day like it really is such a um fast-paced ever-changing environment so um that's that's really important to kind of stay on top of that knowledge and stay hands-on because I know like even sometimes I feel like if I'm like a week between visiting the the Facebook ads platform you know I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll go there a week later and go oh my gosh this has moved that's no longer there where did the, oh this has moved from this column to this column they've added this it's um it seems to be changing all the time um not not to put any small businesses off it really <laughs> it's Generally, I think um, I think the beauty of all of this, no. even though it, you know, even though it does change, it's fairly intuitive. Or I find it intuitive. And once you kind of know the basics, and once you kind of understand the principles of the platform, even if they do have an update, you know, you can pretty much work out, you know, what what you're doing easily enough. Would Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, the fundamentals of marketing have never changed. They're mm. still the same, you know, the, the right message to the right people at the right time with the right offer. And that's all marketing ever has been and probably all that it ever will be. And then Facebook ads themselves are just a tool to yeah. do that. Yeah. So if you've got a very strong understanding of marketing and running Facebook ads themselves are easy because it is just using the tools to to execute what you already know. If you don't have that solid understanding of marketing, it can be a little bit more uh, difficult because you're kind of trying to learn two schools of thought. Yeah. Um, that's and that's true. why we find it so important to have support uh, yes. at the same time as, you know, theory and learning. Yeah. 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 No, that's a really good point. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you or connect with you personally, how are they best to find you, Megan? So the best place to get in touch with me personally would be Instagram at Megan Winter, M-E-G-A-N, Winter, like the season. Uh, and we're also Unstoppable Ecom on all the platforms as well. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that chat, Megan. I... Um, 
I really feel like I've been immersed into the world of e-commerce and I'm going to be looking at all of the Black Friday and um, the activity coming into the Christmas season with a little bit more now. I feel like I will be after this chat. So thank you for, for sharing all of those great tips with us. Once you know what all the e-commerce marketers are up to, you kind of look at everything a little bit differently now. But thank you so much, Jane, for having me. It's been so fun chatting with you. No problems at all. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Well, there wraps up some more fantastic tips from another awesome marketer. Love it. Hey, if you're really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit the subscribe button. That way you will not miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in week on week. You can also subscribe to our weekly small business marketing tips at dragonflymarketing.com.au. And hey, if you're on Facebook and love yourself a group and a community, head on into Facebook, search for the How To Do Marketing group and uh, request access to join. We'd love to see you there. So until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 